Hello, my darling true crime angels, and welcome to Web Sleuths Radio Podcast. My name is Trisha Griffith, and I'm the proud owner of WebSleuths.com, one of the largest, and I might add, the very best true crime discussion forums in the universe. I've checked, I've checked all corners of the universe. Yeah, we, we are the best, if I do say so myself. Great posters. Okay, there is a true crime story that came out of a true crime story that is taking the internet and the true crime world by storm. Everybody by now has seen Tiger King on Netflix. And yeah, we've all commented on it, we've all made fun of it, but in reality, part of that story, there's nothing funny about it. A man went missing and he was declared dead. That man was Don Lewis. Don Lewis was married to Carol Baskin. We all know Carol from the Netflix Tiger King series. Now, when Don left, he left behind a lot of people that loved him. And he left behind family as well. I say he left, but it's obvious to everybody that Don was murdered. And on on the show with us today, I am very thrilled and, and so honored to have with us two of Don's daughters, Donna Pettis, and Gail Rathbone. Gail and Donna, thank you for joining us today. Sure, sure. Uh, first of all, I just want to tell you how sorry I am that you have had to deal with this nightmare starting in August of uh, 1997. And it, it took the Tiger King um, series to finally bring this back up front again. And I just want to ask you both, how are you doing? Well, we're exhausted, actually, from everything that's been going on since um, March. Uh, and then we started being contacted in April um, by a lot of different web sleuths and uh, media outlets. And um, it's it's been just daunting. <laughs> I can only imagine. The phone imagine. has not stopped. Yes. And Gail, how are you? Yeah, it's um, it's been an emotional roller coaster, uh, to put it mildly, um, the ups and downs of, of just reliving um, everything. It, it, exactly. Emotionally exhausting. And it's something you relive every day, especially now, with all the mm-hmm. attention. But but let's get to uh, to some questions here, because there are, there are things that we want to clear up. And I, again, I am um, so honored to have you on this show so we can get this information that is out there corrected and people can learn the truth. But first of all, Donna, let's start with you. Tell us about your father. Well, Gail, I'm going to pass that off to you first, I think, and uh, then okay. I'll follow okay. up. Gail, tell, right. Gail, tell us about your father. Yeah, um, our dad was really a very unique man. Um, he, he was born on April 30th of 1938, and it was a very hard time in history. You know, it was at the end of the, of the Depression. And he was raised by an invalid mother who worked hard to support herself and three children. She was a single mom. Um, Dad was a type A personality. He worked extremely hard. He held himself to an extremely high um, standard of excellence. Our dad was intelligent, and he was very perceptive of market fluxes. He had an innate knack for making money in whatever he chose to to follow. Well, he sounds like a wonderful man. Uh, I've interviewed Anne McQueen, 
and I started to get to know okay. your father a bit through Anne, and he was smart, hard worker, and like she said, yeah. he <laughs> would never ask anybody to do anything that he wouldn't do times 10, right? Right, right. Right. I mean, he was industrious, just eight, uh, from an early age. At eight years of old, he would walk the streets of Dade City offering to spread cow manure that he collected on the gardens of wealthy folks in town. Um, wow. Within just a couple of years of shoveling those cow droppings, he had enough saved to buy a mower, and he began mowing lawns. And by the age of 21, not only did he have a wife and three daughters, but he owned three dump trucks, and he had a successful hauling company. Um, he stored those trucks at a local business, mm -hmm. uh, which was seized by the government. And even though he didn't, uh, even though the government didn't have any right to hold his trucks, uh, there was nothing Dad could do about it. Right. And so the payments on his trucks and his new home became delinquent. And due to no fault of his own, his trucking company and that his home um, were lost. Oh my gosh. And but he wasn't—he wasn't one to wallow in defeat. He made a deal with that bank that had foreclosed on his home mm -hmm. to purchase another home that they had foreclosed on in Tampa, and he got the payments delayed for three months. And so that gave him time to get back on his feet. He started driving a semi, a Red Wing Carriers, and um, while he was struggling, you know, he and Mom were struggling just to try to make ends meet. Fate intervened. Mom's washing machine broke. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the money to fix it. Dad asked Mom for the $15 she had set aside for groceries that week. Mm -hmm. She reluctantly handed it over to him because she needed to feed three little mouths. Right. But he took that $15, and he bought three washing machines, none of which were working. Mm -hmm. And he repaired all three of those, plus Mom's washer. And Mom cleaned them all up, spotless, shined them up. They ran an ad in the paper, and they sold the first one for $30. Wow. And it, Dad was driving the truck, so Mom had to use the dolly to haul the next one from around back of the house mm -hmm. and hook it up to the carport laundry. And then so when the next call came in, she said, yes, the washer's still for sale. She sold all three washers, and that's what began their business venture. So within a short period of time, she'd saved $1,600. Wow, and back then, 1600 was massive. Yes, we're talking like the early, early 60s. Right. And so Dad took that money. He asked Mom once again, and again, she reluctantly handed over that 1600 to him. Mm -hmm. And he went to the local car dealership and bought 11 cars that had been traded in. Mm -hmm. Mom cleaned and waxed all 11 cars, and they took them to the local auto auction, and all 11 of them brought a premium because of how clean and shiny they were. Wow. And then a short while later, they started D&D auto sales. That and is amazing. He, right on Broadway. That's where his office was. Just down the road from that location was where his office was up until the day he disappeared. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, my God. What a great story. I mean, I, you know, just, just the man himself is a story, uh, let alone mm -hmm. what has happened to him since then. That is, uh, and, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but. He's passed along that work ethic and that, that uh, never-give-up ethic to you all, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. even though Carol states that, you know, we've never worked a day in our lives. She knows nothing about us. I mean, I've literally seen the woman five times in my life. Mm -hmm. She has no idea. She has time galore to make all these videos of, of lies about us, and uh, I don't even have time to turn the television on. 
you know and I, uh-huh. I can attest to that so. it's been it's been difficult to get in touch with you and you are always going 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 and believe me I can say you're an incredibly hard worker and, and Gail I'm sure the same as uh-huh. goes for you this is what your father instilled in you and yeah. uh, so and thank goodness he has because you're not going to give up and you're going to make sure that uh in my opinion, you'll make sure he gets justice wherever the justice leads us. So let's uh, let's let's continue on here. There are some misconceptions out there, and I would like you to take this time to clear up any misconceptions about your father and uh, whoever mm-hmm. would like to go, Donna or, yeah. or Gail. Um, I'll, I'll go first because there's one that really. Okay, is this Donna? Can you tell me. us if you're if you're Donna or Gail for our audience? Oh, I'm Gail. Okay, I'm Gail. okay, Gail, go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna go first. I mean. Sadly, there are stories being told about our dad um, that are not true. He graduated from high school a year early, and yes, he could read and write. Um, Growing up at home, he always had at least three newspapers scattered around him looking for deals. Now, you know, I worked for him uh, in the 80s, and he did not always like taking the time to use proper grammar. He Mm -hmm. often wrote phonetically. He wrote in all caps, usually. And he had a bit of a shorthand style, which to some people might seem unusual. Uh, but to me, it just shows he was, again, ahead of his time, um, especially when I have to decipher some of the texts I received from my grown children. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is Daddy. He was just ahead of his time with texting. <laughs> <laughs> you learned to read that type of, uh, type of writing. That's good. You do. And it just, his mind was always going on to the next deal, on to the next thing. And and said, you know, I worked for him. I could read it all just fine. So, yes, he could definitely read and he could write. So, Donna, you go on from there. I mean, and if nothing else, the domestic, um, what do you call it, that that petition for protection that he filed, he wrote that in his own handwriting. So, Mm -hmm. yes, he certainly could write. But there's another rumor going around, and that's that he was abusive. Mm -hmm. Now, in the 34 years he was married to mother, not one time was there ever any abuse, nor was there ever any abuse to us children. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that's that, totally false. Correct. Yes. Okay. That's a that's one that is going around there, and that's a good one to clear up. So you've got, you've got it on the record, friends, that uh, that those stories about Don Lewis not true. If anybody would know, it would be his daughters, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, um, we've, we've got a feel for what Don Lewis was about, but what was he really like? What do people not know about him? Oh, I think a lot of people do not know how kind and generous my dad was because he did not like to parade his generosity around. He, he did a lot of his giving in private. Mm-hmm. He, we were in church all our lives. He tied to the church. He gave money to any of the missionaries. He would give extra to any special, you know, church project that was going on. You need a bus, Dad gets you a bus, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave money, clothing, and food to the local children's homes. Um, but there was one thing. He would give no measure to slackers or laziness. He expected you to work just as hard as he did. And if you did, then he was very generous. He did seem to be incredibly generous. That's one thing that um, I, I got from Anne McQueen as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that she was able to quit and come back for him. And he taught her a, a trade. 
and uh, right. he he made her part of the family. So, right. well, that's that's good to hear. Uh, you know, again, we're getting a good a good picture of Don, and uh, and what he yeah. was all about. So it was when I worked for him. It would it would just be be hilarious. He would get angry at one of the guys out in the yard for not loading something correctly or not parking something the right way, and he would just holler at him and say, "You're fired," <laughs> you know. Da, 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 da. And so the guy would leave, and uh-huh. he was fired. And the next day, I'd come into work, and Dad would be like, "Well, where is so and so?" And he said, "Are you fired?" And he's like, "We'll call him. He's late now." <laughs> I will call him. I will get him right back. <laughs> oh, I love so Daddy, that. He liked. He he really appreciated persistence. Mm-hmm. You know, if he fired someone, if they showed up the next day, yeah, you're back on the payroll. That's wonderful. That's a, that's great to yeah. hear. Uh, let's let's talk about your father's disappearance. And if you're just joining us, we are talking with Donna Pettis and Gail Rathbone. Of they are uh, the daughters of Don Lewis. Don Lewis was the husband of Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin, of course, is in the Tiger King. Carol Baskin said that Don Lewis just took off, and then she had him cl- declared dead literally the day after she could legally do so. Uh, but most people. And anybody that looks at this case for five minutes uh, understands that Don Lewis was murdered, in my opinion. Uh, ladies, let's let's go to that day. When your father disappeared, what was your first reaction? Yeah. We were shocked. We mm-hmm. were shocked. Um, we knew he had been having some problems in his marriage and that they had been having some strong disagreements over the future of the cats and how the, the rescues should be, the whole organization should be run. Um, he also had a... Uh, propensity for buying and storing equipment and mm-hmm. some junky equipment on their property, and, and she was upset by that. Um, I'd also heard that he wanted to take some of the cats to Costa Rica to the farm property he had there, um, but that that idea was not going over well uh, with Carol either. But I, I lived out of state. At that time, I lived in North Carolina for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um and so there wasn't much I could do but worry. Donna's the one that had to call and tell me that he was missing, and I was just in total shock. Um, so I'll let her take over because there's a lot of things that she had to do for the family during that time. Okay, Donna? Uh, well, Anne called me. Um, now, Carol had called on Tuesday, August the 19th, uh, to report to make a missing persons report. Now, Monday, the 18th, after Ann had been calling all weekend trying to reach Dad and didn't reach him, she finally called Carol on Monday, the 18th, and um, asked Carol if she had seen her husband, and she laughingly said, no, is that, you know, is that a big deal? And um, she said, well, I've been trying to reach him all weekend. And um, so... Anyway, Ann suggested that she call the police and do a um, missing persons report. So the next day she did, and um, a week later, on Monday the 25th, is when it was going to air on the news. Mm -hmm. And uh, Carol picked up the phone once again. Excuse me, Ann picked up the phone once again and called Carol and said, are you going to call the girls? It's going to be airing this evening. And she said no. And so... Ann picked up the phone and called me 30 minutes before it was going to air on local news. So, um, of course, I was in disbelief. I did not know what to think. Mm -hmm. Um, So I 
immediately called Gail and got a hold of Mom and, and Linda, and we watched the news, and it was just, it was devastating. It was just brief, but, mm-hmm. you know, it talked about him missing, but um, the next, within the next two or three days, I contacted an attorney um, about establishing a conservatorship for Dad's holdings, because as his wife, Carol, um, would have legally been able to control his entire estate. Right, right. Okay. And um, being that Dad had never even given her a key, she knew nothing about the business, um, and that was a bit scary. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's what I did, and we got the conservatorship going as quickly as we could. That's good. That That's smart. And I'm sure your minds were just reeling, because uh, nobody expects a phone call like this. No. But what I find, again, incredibly shocking is Anne McQueen calls Carol and said, are you going to call the girls? She said, no. She wasn't even going to tell you. What? No. She had no intention. Again, this is just my opinion. But what type mm-hmm. of human being would not do that? And if I remember uh, correctly, Anne McQueen said that uh, she told Carol, hey, I called the, the daughters or the girls, and she said, why would you do that? Are you serious? Mm-hmm. It's, to me, that little snippet of reality mm-hmm. of Carol Baskin really speaks volumes. The, mm-hmm. the fact that she couldn't understand why it would be necessary to call the children of her missing husband to let them know before they heard about it on the news is absolutely appalling, but yet not surprising. Again, in my opinion, I, I, I want to make sure that everyone knows what I'm saying is my opinion and nobody else's. So anyway, mm-hmm. again, I, I am so sorry, as I told you earlier, that you've had to go through this. And I admire how well you've just held up. And after all these years and you're still going strong and, you know, you're not going to let this go. And, and boy, that's whoever uh, took Don's life didn't realize what they were dealing with in his daughters. So mm-hmm. anyway. Let's uh, let's get back. Sorry, that's I'm just getting on my soapbox here because I get so upset <laughs> when I when I hear about these uh-huh. things. It just makes me. Ugh. Uh-huh. Okay, um, what what did you do next after, you know, after all of this? After you heard about it on the news, what did you do next? Uh, that's when I contacted the attorney and set up that conservatorship, oh. and all of that just immediately started the ball rolling. Um, and that's when she had to, you know produce a power of attorney in the will and uh yeah we'll, we'll get well. to that in a little bit so okay uh, all right and also um could you bring us up to speed have you spoken recently with the sheriff's department oh the sheriff's department did contact me early on um i think it was in april just to let me know that once covid was out of the way they would be making a trip up here to collect DNA. They had collected Linda's DNA years ago, but they wanted to get DNA from both Gail and I. And um, really, that that's been about it. We've not they've not made it up here. Um, I did uh, speak with them briefly a couple of times, and they they had not done any any interviews at either time that I'd spoken with them. Um, have you received any communication lately from Carol or Howard? 
Right, right. No, we haven't at all. Just like Donna said, she didn't even want us to know at the beginning that he was missing. Got upset at Anne for telling us. But um, I would say that Carol chooses to communicate by broadcasting disparaging, slanderous remarks in the format of diary readings about our father, about Anne McQueen, about our entire family. Um, recently, though, someone told me she now has to refer to these readings as for entertainment-only purposes. Oh, really? That's, that's yeah, kind of interesting. I don't interesting. know if that's true or not. Someone said that she was having to do that disclaimer now. Interesting. Okay. Uh, let's talk about somebody else that is a part of your father's life. Have you ever had any dealings with a man, Kenneth Farr, Don's handyman? Now, I, I, as far as Kenny goes, no, but I worked for my dad in the 80s, and I knew Kenny's father. His name is John Farr. He was a truck driver mm-hmm. um, for our trucking company, and so I did, I did see and know John Farr, but I don't really ever remember seeing Kenny at that time. He would have been young, probably about my age, um, and I don't believe he started working for Dad until until quite a few years later. So, no, I've not had any dealings. Donna? I remember meeting him. Donna, have you had any dealings with Kenneth Farr? No, I haven't. I'm just what I've read online. Okay. Did you ever have any contact with one of Carol's ex-boyfriends after, after your dad? It was a, a guy by the name of Jay Bakel. Now, according to a protective order... One of Don's daughters said he needed to watch his back. Is this all correct? Do you know anything about this? Yes. Um, Jay actually called me and warned us about Carol. This would have been in about 2002, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't any of us that warned him. Because uh, when he was talking to me, he made the statement that, J- that Carol's daughter, Jamie, had told him that he better watch his back. Oh, it was Carol's daughter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carol's mm-hmm. daughter. Wow. What was your feeling when you got that call? How did you react? Oh, it just, you know, I, I went numb. I mean, just chills up and down my spine. It's like, oh, my goodness, here's another man that's in danger. Yeah. His, uh, his protective order was denied as well as was mm-hmm. your father's, which in this day and age I don't think that would happen. But back then, uh, men filing against a woman I think was more yeah, difficult mm-hmm. and uh, oh like, and this poor man even slept with a gun under his pillow mm-hmm. yeah that's what they had to do back then it, they just yeah. wasn't taken seriously now is a different matter right. but boy again don't get i could i could go on about that for forty thousand mm-hmm. hours of show too mm-hmm. as well uh okay mm-hmm. let's continue on um are you familiar with carol's property transfers after your father's disappearance what does it do you, do you know anything about Farr or Carol and the transfers? Mm-hmm. Is that something well, you can I, answer? Yeah. I do know that there were several properties transferred into Kenny's name after my dad's disappearance. Um, and when you when you go and you try to trace these properties, they seem to go through quite a few names, and, and they would either end back up under Carol's Trust or the Wildlife Trust. It's a real convoluted path that you have to travel to first it was here then it was there then it was there and sometimes there'll be three properties together on one um so it's really um confusing to to try to follow those paper trails but there were there were properties transferred into kenny's name 
um, right after my dad's disappearance. Does Carol Baskin seem like the person that would just hand over valuable properties to a buddy just to be nice? No. I mean, far from it. If she can't gain something from it, she's not going to part with a penny. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you ladies have seen where uh, Kenneth Farr was living. Uh, it was a very, very broken down trailer. And uh, it, it, again, it's just very, it's very, it's a very interesting point, And it raises red flags, in my opinion, that uh, Carol mm -hmm. gave property to Kenny right after your dad went missing, not shortly after. Again. Right. I mean, it's definitely suspicious. Mm -hmm. We we don't have any way of knowing if that was a legitimate payment for something that was done, as Kenny claims, or if it was a payoff for something. We have no way of knowing. Right. And you have to, I, again, I'm just saying this out loud for me. I have to wonder what a handyman could all of a sudden do to warrant properties <laughs> to be given uh -huh. to him, you know? Anyway. I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about Carol's statements on her blog. And here's one of them. When Glad this is from Carol now. When Gladys demanded a divorce in 1989, there was a man at her church she wanted to marry. So she told Don that if he would give her a quick divorce, she would settle for $1 million. She and the daughters worked with Don to pick properties. She would get along with some cash, cars, jewelry, and coins. I was told that Don's oldest daughter, Donna Pettis, subsequently managed to lose all of it in the stock market in the years that followed. And mm. Donna, let's start with your comments on that. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I'll let Donna answer that okay. outlandish accusation. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, first off, Mom and Dad separated in 1989. Mm -hmm. Their divorce was finalized in May 1990. Mom told Dad no such thing about the, the million dollars in a quick divorce. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't even start dating until after the divorce was finalized. Uh, Dad had told Mom that he would give her the $1 million worth of assets, including some mortgages. Um, as people often do, some mortgages were, re were refinanced, and Mom had a lump sum um, to invest. Mm -hmm. So... Now, she was a very savvy investor, and she wanted long-term income, so she invested in rental properties. Now, she's always managed those properties 100% by herself, and she's done quite well. Mm -hmm. In fact, she still owns several rentals to this day. Now, Mother is uh, 79 years of old. She's 79 years of age. She still cleans those properties. She paints them, and she leases them herself. She's never hired a management company. Wow. That's amazing. She's, okay. So... That, that tells you anything about this woman. Mm -hmm. So, And as far as me losing her money, I have never invested any of Mother's money. She's perfectly capable of doing that herself. Mm -hmm. Nor have I ever invested money, not even a single penny in the stock market. Mother and I are the same in that we only invest our money in something we can put our hands on, and that is rentals. Rentals, actual hardcore property. So, uh, oh, in other words, what uh, what Carol wrote... Uh, on her blog, just nonsense, basically. It's, mm -hmm. it's total, total lies. Okay, uh, let's let's go to another another writing of Carol's. This is from Carol. In 1996, despite their prior divorce settlement agreement, Gladys, your mother, who freely accuses me of being greedy, filed a suit claiming she was entitled to more. Cross versus Lewis. 
Daughters Donna and Linda testified on behalf of Gladys. Don expected Gail and Ann McQueen to testify on his behalf. Instead, they testified for Gladys. At that time, Don told me to eliminate them as beneficiaries of the PSRL Trust. I did not do so because I felt they were family, and over time he would change his mind. To the best of my knowledge, he never spoke to any of them again. Who would like to go first on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I will, Gail. Okay. Um, my mom did take my dad back to court um, because she had been told by somebody um, that daddy was worth more than he stated, you know, during their prior divorce proceedings. Mm-hmm. Um, both Linda and I were deposed. We, we had to go, you know, and, and be deposed because we had both worked for him doing bookkeeping. And we're, you know, we told the truth about what we knew. Sure. And so Dad had to settle for, for a little bit more, not a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was upset, of course. I think, actually, Carol was probably more upset than he. But, and as Carol states, over time, we knew he would get over it, just like the story I told you about the guys, and getting angry at the guys and then coming right back. So I continued sending him cards and notes, but I would only send them to the office address. Mm -hmm. I knew not to send them to the house location because he would never get them. They'd go in the trash. Right. Um, Three months after the court proceedings in September, that December, Daddy sent all of us. Remember, we lived out of state. We all got Christmas cards from Daddy. Mm -hmm. It It was not like he never spoke to us again. And Donna, you spent, tell him about the afternoon you spent. Carol just didn't know. What it no, is. she didn't. Um, I had been calling Dad for several weeks um, prior to Father's Day, June of 1997, and trying to reach him. I left message after message. Now, you have to remember, this was the 90s. I didn't even have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, Dad had a pager. Dad did have a cell phone. I did not have that number, so I either had to call the office or his house phone, and I always called the house phone and left messages. Finally, one day, he picked up, and I told him, I said, Dad, I've, I've been calling you for weeks, and he said, Donna, Carol never gives me off messages, Ugh. and uh, so I had I asked him, I said, can I come see you? Uh, Father's Day is this upcoming Sunday. I'd like to come see you this weekend. He told me to come Saturday, mm-hmm. gave me a time in the afternoon. My, my two teenage sons and I went. We spent the entire afternoon with him, and um, there were no signs of dementia, as that's another rumor that she keeps mm-hmm. spreading. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my dad's mind was just as sharp as ever. Um and uh, like I said, we spent the entire afternoon. He enjoyed showing the boys all of his animals and everything. Uh, and that would have been um, June 14th. That would have been eight weeks prior to the time he disappeared. Mm-hmm. So um, she just doesn't know what she's talking about. Right. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you were able uh, to clear to clear that up. That that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally, here is another post that uh, Carol made. Carol said, Gladys and her daughters had strong, selfish motivations to lie and make implications about the meat grinder and Don being buried on the property 23 years ago that have absolutely no basis in fact whatsoever, and they continue to do so in the series. And ladies, who would like to go first? Mm -hmm. Donna, you go first, and then I'll come behind. Okay. Well... Carol's actions immediately following Dad's disappearance made her very much a suspect. She, her dad Vernon, and Kenny must have known that Dad wasn't coming back, or they would have never broken into his property, hooked up the office trailer to that truck, and hauled it off 
and all of the company's records to Carol's place. Mm-hmm. So do I personally believe the woman is capable of murder? In my opinion, 100%. Mm-hmm. Dad was fearful enough for his life that he filed for a protective order petition just eight weeks before he disappeared. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, Dad told Mom a couple of years prior that Carol had tried to push him off their second floor balcony. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. angry. Okay. And, yes, there was a commercial meat grinder there. Dad had showed the entire family when we had been visiting there mm-hmm. a couple of years prior to his disappearance, and it was large enough to grind a whole chicken in it. He had a deal with Kentucky Fried Chicken. He'd go buy their outdated chicken mm-hmm. and uh, run it through the grinder for the cats. Anyway, he could save money. You know, he was going to. So was it con- was it a conceivable way to dispose of a body? Sure. Do I think she used that method? Probably not. Mm-hmm. She had enough yes-men whom she provided sexual favors for that she most likely had them to do the dirty work. Wow. I, I, that, that is, I'm just, I'm just, I'm so shocked that she even wrote that, you know. And um, Mm -hmm. I, I agree with what you're saying 100%. And uh, Gail, would you like to comment, please? Yeah, you know, there's other, there's other um, theories out there that he just up and walked away. Well, I, I know my dad. He he would never have walked away from his cats. He loved those cats. Mm-hmm. His business, this business that he built, you know, from scratch so many years ago, and his money. He wouldn't have just walked away from his money. You know, we saw answers uh, to all this years ago, but we've just been unable to secure any type of closure. And I just, I don't understand where this greed and selfish motivation where does it stem from Mm -hmm. is it greedy to want to know what happened to your dad is it selfish you know to to want a grave that you can go and stand beside and mourn and why are we seen as selfish just because we want justice and answers i I just you know her dad has a lovely plaque on the property announcing all that he did to help out during the years where is the plaque showing our dad as founder or even as co-founder of the animal rescue. Her dad has a, had a funeral. He has a burial site with a nameplate. Mm-hmm. Why am I selfish to wish the same comfort for myself? Exactly. Those are excellent, excellent points. And I, I would personally like to ask Carol myself to see what she could say. And I don't think she'd be able to say anything, in my opinion. Do you feel that justice eventually will be served? And please, whoever would like to go first, go for it. Donna? Well, thus far, justice has not been served, not even close. Um, do we feel like it will ever be served? Well, I mean, uh, the, with the swell of public opinion after Tiger King was released, it has really um, boistered our faith um, that we were right so many years ago and that our dad did meet with a deadly end. Mm-hmm. The support of the many investigative journalists, the cold case groups like the Don Lewis cold case files, really has given all three of us renewed hope that one day soon we will have answers at last and be able to gain some closure for this tragic uh, heartache that we've lived with for all these years. Well, the good news is you do have thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world wanting to help and, and cheering you on. 
what keeps you both going? Donna, we'll start with you and, and then Gail. Well, I would have to say at this point in time, Ripper and his tenacious team. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be anywhere. We're talking right about uh, Ripper Jack. Ripper Jack mm-hmm. and his tenacious team of of uh, investigators. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And uh, Gail? Yeah. I just, for 23 years, every night I've gone to bed hoping I would see my daddy in my dreams. For 23 years I've woken up every morning to the realization that we still don't know where he is, what happened, and I just hope that one morning I'll be able to wake up to the realization of of what really happened. Well, I certainly hope so, and let's hope it's much sooner rather than later. Ladies, thank you very, very much for joining us on Web Sleuth Radio Podcast, and good luck, and we're here if you ever need anything, okay? Until we meet again, my darling true crime angels, Trisha Griffith saying so long. It's WebSleuth Radio Podcast, and we'll see you again soon. Don't forget, patreon.com if you want to support WebSleuth. Five bucks a month. Great way to listen for extra content. Bye-bye.